What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 83, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Entity. And this podcast is an independent podcast, and you can help keep that thing independent if you wish. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Uh, link is in our show notes, and uh, you can keep the help the support. Blah, blah, blah. You can help keep the show going. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> With that support, because dollars received are offsetting the cost of Zach's computing device, which he needed to replace a little while ago. Uh, it's a nice tangible goal. I like tangible goals. Uh, and uh, if you ever are concerned about our podcast getting all like behind paywall stuff, bleh, have no fears, friends, because I hate that stuff. So you will always be able to find our stuff wherever you can find podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, use your podcast aggregator, tell your friends, tell their friends, tell random people on the street, uh, walk up to somebody. I haven't said this in a while, Zach. Walk up to somebody, just somebody out of the blue and be like, do you like Stargate? And they'll go, what? And you'll be like, okay, watch Stargates. And they'll be like, excuse me? I think I know what you guess. And then listen to this podcast. They're like, what are you talking about? But maybe if you say that, that person will go, yes, I love Stargate. I, be, I've, I, I live and breathe Stargate. And you'll be like, why haven't we been friends before? And they'll be like, I don't know. And then you'll say, I've got a great podcast for you to listen to. And then blah, blah, blah. That's how that would work. That's exactly how that works. Yeah. Uh, And Zach, if a person wants to uh, let us know that they have been successful in finding a new friend in their area who watches Stargate and now has listened to our podcast, how might they... How might they let us know about that? Oh, you've got lots of ways that you can get a hold of us and tell us you have found a new friend that watches Stargate because <laughs> you have been a Stargate evangelist. Um, <laughs> one, you could go to Apple Podcasts and put a review in yes. the comments there and say, hey, you know, this is a great podcast. It's wonderful. These guys are the best podcasters on the planet. You could say that just strokes our egos a little bit and, you know, mm. hey, there you go. Or you could say we're <laughs> awful. Whatever. Your choice. But, you know, uh, and in that you can say, so I just made a new friend who, who loves Stargate now because mm-hmm. I was a Stargate evangelist. And if you did that, then mm-hmm. uh, we would take Take that review and we would make a dramatic reading for you yes. and put that in our podcast for you. So that's mm-hmm. one way that you could do that and let us know that you are a Stargate evangelist. You could also email us at walkingthroughstargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-A-H-E-S-T-R-G-A-T at gmail.com. Yep, exactly. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could write in an email that says... I am a Stargate evangelist. Put that in the subject, because that would be just fun. You know, cool. That would be fun. And we'd be like, we have a Stargate evangelist. It happened, Zach. Look, it did. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or, or you could go to Twitter, at Stargate Walking, and follow us there, and then Mm -hmm. tweet at us that that you are a a tweeting Stargate evangelist. Tweet, tweet. And then we'd be like, tweet, 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 tweet. And, you know, do it in, do it in the form of a, of a cute gif and, uh, and, and, yes, and I guess, make yeah. it work. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. or you could go to Facebook. We also have Facebook and we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group and go into that Facebook group and sign up and say, I want to be a part of this. We've had like three or four people already this week say, hey, I want to join the Facebook group. And I said, join us. Come on so, in. Welcome to you who joined us. We have a few people who said like to that Facebook page this week. And I says, thank you very 
very much. Congratulations on joining us and participating in this because now you didn't know this, but you're our Stargate evangelist because yep. if you're watching and listening, uh, you're an evangelist to this podcast. And so it is your duty to go <laughs> out there duty. and evangelize <laughs> for Stargate. Yes, it is a 20-year-old show, but we still need it. It's still worthwhile. Hey, there's life lessons to be had in this thing. That's right. today. Also on Patreon, you could go to the mm -hmm. Patreon page, as Brent mentioned earlier, and share your evangelism as well mm -hmm. on the Patreon page. <laughs> All right. It's good so, stuff. Uh, Brent, uh, yeah. I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping stuff about the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, as we're recording this, it is the 1st of August, which means that in the next week or so, I will be sending out emails to all of our patrons mm -hmm. uh, for their votes on the rewatch. Uh, and uh, if you wanted to get in this, now is the time. Now is the time. Pause the podcast right now. Go ahead, pause it, and go to walking through the patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate and sign up. And at a three dollar level, you can become a gate jogger, which gives you one month month one vote a month. Yes. At ten dollars, you are a gate sprinter. You get five votes a month. And yes, mm -hmm. if you go all crazy out there and say twenty-five dollars a month, you are a gate marathoner because you have yes. trained for this your entire life and you get You're ready. 15 votes a month for a rewatch or recount at $25 a month. And then yep. with those votes, so if you get this, if you pause right now and then, you know, and then you go do this right now, you will get an email from me very soon. And that email mm -hmm. will say, how would you like to spread out your votes amongst the episodes? And you will get us to rewatch one of these episodes or more yes. than one of these episodes and we'll yes. do that and those patreon subscribers will get those uh podcasts sooner than everybody else yes uh, and you'll get access to that before anybody else does uh we do have episode tally right now so we've got uh these are the the votes that we have come in so far emancipation has one vote thank goodness thor's chariot has five votes touchstone has two votes a Matter of Time has one vote. Forever in a Day, two votes. 100 Days, one vote. Tangent, three votes. Mm -hmm. So those are the episode tallies that we have right now. As soon as one of those hits 20 votes, we will rewatch that episode and re-evaluate it and re-review it uh, and uh, give that to our patron subscribers to listen to first before it comes out on the regular feed at some point in time yes. in the future. So, join us and help shape the future of the podcast. Hey, that's a good... That needs to be a poster. Ooh. Shape the future okay. of the podcast. There you go. Okay, Brent, you have to remember that because I will forget what? that in like an hour. Oh. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem. So will I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Recruiting listeners... Posters. Remind mm -hmm. us, because <laughs> we'll forget. <laughs> oh. uh, okay. Well, Brent. Yeah. This episode, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we're talking about the Stargate SG-1 episode, Entity. The episode 20 of season four, Entity. Yes. Uh, and I have some background facts about this episode. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So... This episode is directed by Alan Lee. So this is Alan Lee's 
only Stargate directing credit. Mm. Not only is it his only Stargate directing credit, it is his only, only directing credit. Wow, really? Uh, now, he is primarily a film editor. So he mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was on Stargate for 20 or 25 episodes or so, and he uh, edited those episodes of Stargate. So he's mm-hmm. well familiar with Stargate uh, at this point in time. He's very thankful that uh, uh, he got this opportunity to direct, and he's had a long, prodigious career of film editing. Uh, he also um, edited the 2009 recut of the pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the one that you ended up watching. Yep. Um, yep. And it's nice. It's fine. It's 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 there. Um, got the job done. Got the job done. Um, so uh, in addition to that, he's also directed episodes of Highlander, the TV show, Da Vinci's Inquest, the 4400, and Continuum, along with many other things. So that is Alan Lee. Gotcha. The teleplay Alan for Lee. this episode is by a name that is very familiar to us, Peter DeLuise. Ah. Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is actually his third writing credit of this season. So uh, he did the first ones, and he did The Serpent's Venom, and now he's done Entity. And he mm-hmm. will have, over the course of the series, seven more writing credits. So mm-hmm. we'll see his name pop up a few more times for the writers. Uh, and of course, we see him as a director all over the place. Yep. Yep. Uh Whereas last week when we did Prodigy, we had like a thousand guest actors that we yes. could talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, we basically don't have any. We do have Gary Jones, who plays Yay. Walter Harriman Radar. We have Terrell Rothery playing the wonderful Dr. Janet Frazier. Yep. And we have Dan Shea returning as Sergeant Siler. Um, of course, yes. all of those people are such regulars within the realm of Stargate that we hardly feel that they're guest actors, but technically they do get that guest actor credit yeah. here. Yep. Um, so, but that's it. Other than that, it's just the main characters. Uh, so whereas last week they're like, hey, let's let's have a simple, quiet story that's easy and not hard and cheap, and it wasn't. It was none of those things. Uh, yep. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion this was significantly uh, less expensive than Prodigy ended up well, being. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably get into it a tad, but one of the things, like, they really went kind of bananas with destroying the command room. Like, Oh, that's true. That's like, true. It, I was thinking about that, like, wow, they're kind of going all in with uh, breaking this thing, so. Yep. Anyway. I know at one point in time in the series, eventually, they will shift gears from a whole ton of CRTs in there yeah. to flat screens. Yeah. Um, but we're not I don't yet. know if this is it. Um. But uh, I can't remember. But we'll find out in the next we'll few episodes. We'll find out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this aired. This episode originally aired on February 9th, 2001. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., they were still listening to It Wasn't Me by Shaggy, featuring Ricardo mm-hmm. Rick Rockducent. Mm-hmm. In the U.K., they were listening to Whole Again by Atomic Kitten. Wow. <laughs> um, I have no idea who Atomic Kitten is at all. I don't either. And so I also don't know this song whole again. So, um, well, well, Zach, best of luck to you on uh, going through the box office. But okay, so here comes whole we, again no, by I need Atomic to know, Kitten. Uh, what, 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 is, what, what's the speed of of whole I, again? I can't even begin to guess. So, Atomic Kitten makes me think that it could be either electronic dance music, probably, um, right? 
or it could be a girl band. Um, I mean, well, it could those be aren't mutually exclusive. No, no, no. Yeah, but I mean, but I'm just kind of thinking about the realms. Like, you know, sure. Am I expecting like just just a bunch of like you know like, or are we going to be like you know like listening to five part harmony, or are we going to be listening to distorted uh, distorted guitars? So, I mean, that covers a range, and then the the title whole again implies some kind of an emotional like message uh, of a right. song which usually is a down tempo song uh so yeah I'm, I'm literally at a loss right now as to where i think this is gonna well, go <laughs> okay so so as we're listening to this uh yeah. and we're, we're we're talking about being whole again we realize yes. that hannibal number one in the charts is not the person you want around uh oh. when you want to be whole unless you got hannibal got a hold of you and now you need to be whole again but once you're whole again you realize that you have found your partner and when you have found your partner you need a wedding planner to help you knit your yourself and your partner wow. together so that you are wow. whole Knit. again right Ooh. and now okay. what is what you, i have no idea where to go with the next one saving silverman so if you figure out how to tie that in there wonderful <laughs> crouching tiger hidden dragon is number four and you know um and castaway is number five i got nothing and coming <laughs> And across the line in a splat. <laughs> I feel like quap. Quap. <laughs> oh, I about that. Do you remember so that, that video? I sure game? do. I sure uh, do. So for all of you youngins out there, uh, the early uh, the early age of video computer online games was this weird thing called quap where you were trying to control a runner. Uh, by hitting yep. uh, Q, W, and O, P to operate the thighs and the calf muscles of this runner as yes. you try to navigate these and get this runner. Most of the people could start and get about half a meter before they collapse into a broken pile of, of, of <laughs> human on the screen. And Occasionally, when you got to like two meters, you're like, hey, I'm doing good. And then you collapse smack you on your face. And, yep. <laughs> and the way those legs bent afterwards, it's like, oh, that oh, person's yeah. not walking again for a long and time. Keep in mind that though, though you think that we're exaggerating with the half meter, two meter thing, we're totally not. And also keep in mind, the runner himself is two meters tall. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally falling forward was progress. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, falling and in there a heap. Were, <laughs> there more were likely. people who were actually good at this. Yes. And could actually get to like 10, 15, 20, 30, probably 100 meters. Uh, I suppose I, once you finally figure out the pattern that it, you could probably get it. Uh, after doing something like that, you realize how amazing any of us can walk. Uh, yes. Because, yes. you know, our brains tell our legs to, you know, contract and relax all over the place as we walk. And, and we're like, no problems. Who cares? And when you, you try know, to do it otherwise, yeah. So. But um, to our credit, uh, it takes us months and months and months of high intense learning to learn how to walk. So to expect to sit down at a video game and within a minute, just because you, it's a little like a joke that I commonly, I, I've heard before and I will say it within my own sort of like, you know, sphere, you know, there's lots of people who have an opinion about a particular profession because they engaged with the profession once upon a time, one time. Oh yeah. Right. Like, so, you know, just because you can walk doesn't mean you know how to relearn how to use your 
mind to get a different thing to walk. But I do this every day. Yeah, yeah. It took you a while to figure it out, too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, so how many meters did I get? Did, did I manage to get to two meters? Did I fall forward? Or did with, I go- uh, with the box office? Yeah. I'd say that you got like three good strides in and then fell into a heap. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah. I got three strides. That's yeah, amazing. So I'd say you're probably I- like 12 meters. Yeah. Oh, ooh, wow. Okay, sweet. Yeah, three All good right. strides. Bang, bang, bang. Yep, yep. All right. So uh, what was happening about this time on February 9th, 2001? Well, on the 9th of February that year, uh, the American submarine USS Greenville accidentally strikes and sinks the Amy Maru, a Japanese training vessel operated by the Uwajima Fishery High School. Mm-hmm. Nine of the Amy Maru's crew members were killed, including four high school students. I don't remember the event at the time, but I have come back and read about this thing before. Like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Bad. Um, on February 10th, and one day after this episode aired, the singer, comedian, Weird Al Yankovic, who was 41 at the time, weds mm-hmm. Suzanne Krajewski. Aha. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, so congratulations, Weird Al, on your wedding from twenty almost 20 years ago. And uh, I assume they're still married, but I have actually no idea. So hopefully it's still happy. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days after that, on February 12th, uh, near the NEAR, near Shoemaker spacecraft, touches down in the saddle region of 433 Eros, becoming the first spacecraft to land on an asteroid. So Was that in 2001? That's what it said. That can't be too... Th- you, you carry on, but, like, no way that was that long ago. Hey, you... Uh, I'll look it up. Old. You carry All on. Right. <gasps> so... It was... Oh, my gosh. I'm an old man, Zach. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just to make, just so you feel a little bit better, know that I will always be an older man. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I will was, always be more old than her and decrepit at her. Almost. That was that was a long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, you do realize on. though that uh, I had already graduated college. It's it it literally like I'm sitting there like yeah I remember that mission. And it's like, yeah, you do remember that mission. And no, it wasn't just a few years ago. It was almost 20 years ago. Yep. Yep. And uh, those of you who are older than I am know this feeling. And those of you who are younger than me haven't received it yet, but will soon. Uh, I am now able to start counting things. Oh, that wasn't that. Oh, my gosh. That was a decade. That was two decades ago. Yeah. When you yep. start counting things in decades like yep. that, then then yep. you know you've hit a milestone. And, yep. And, something. And you hit something. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've broken your kneecap and you have fallen like clop. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, boy. So we do have some trivia for this episode. Shall uh, we dig yes. into that? Yes. Please. Okay. So this is the ep- this episode is shot in HD video instead of the standard 35 millimeter. So early mm-hmm. on in the, early on the show they were filming in 16 millimeter except yeah. for the effects shots. Um, and then with the episode Nemesis, which I don't remember exactly where that falls anymore off the top of my head. Sure. Um, second at a second season maybe. 
they switch over to 35 millimeter film. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode, though, is shot completely in HD video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just kind of experimenting, trying out these new toys and whatnot. Uh, and then apparently they go back to 35 millimeter uh, all the way through the first seven seasons. And then when they get to season eight, then they actually shift to uh, HD video again. And they basically stick yeah. with that digital format gotcha. uh, from then on. Uh, but in 2001, HD was just beginning to be a thing. And they were testing things out and... And uh, so there was one scene where Siler was under the 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 uh, dialing computer, right? And he mm-hmm. had a flashlight. And uh, if you notice that that he kind of flashed that flashlight, and and some a couple of those shots actually kind of hit the camera. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the director Alan Lee in the commentary was talking about. I'm pretty sure that uh, he and Peter West, who was the the lighting film guy, uh, intentionally had him do that just so they could see how this new camera operated with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, uh, the actions of Carter's mind while in the MALP storage room computer are very similar to the actions of the alien entity known as Jerry and Michael Crichton's Sphere. Mm. Um, in the movie Sphere, the hostile alien refers to himself as an entity. Mm-hmm. Possibly responsible for the title of the episode. We don't know. Possibly, this mm-hmm. is Peter DeLuise, so probably. Probably. Uh, the Alan, the alien, uh, speaks to the team through the computer systems, and at one point, posting a message: "I'm here! I'm here! I'm here!" on the computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what Carter does. So you know, what's better than an homage? Outright theft. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but what? Else? I mean, I suppose you could put here. Here am here. I am it. I mean, what, what else are you going to do? I, I mean, if you can, yeah. Um, so uh, this is one of the many episodes of Stargate SG-1 bearing an extreme likeness to novels written by Michael Crichton. Um, other episodes have resembled Prey, The Andromeda Strain, Timeline, and such. Oh, timeline. Uh, so I don't know if we've hit that one or not. I can't remember. Uh, Entity originally carried the working title Child's Play. Mm. Uh, which made it as far as the official MGM website and some TV listings before it was finally huh. officially changed to Entity. I So uh, remember how I found the uh, MGM website on the Internet Archive the other week or month or whatever that was? Well, you found the Stargate SG-1 website. Oh, no, you didn't find that. Uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I'm driving at. And I thought that this okay. was referring to the same thing, but, you know. I, I'm, well, I'm taking the words the official MGM website as meaning the Stargate site that I found, but maybe not. Maybe it's oh, that could be. their MGM. Be. But anyway, point is, I did not notice or care to see. I didn't. Did, blah. Well, blah, blah, blah. you know, a month ago, you wouldn't have looked at that. And, uh, Correct. So uh, now you have a chance, Brent, to go back and look I at can. this and see if it is there. I can go back in time. Quantum okay. foam. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a quote from Joseph Malozzi. He says, the premise was fairly standard, but like most every episode, what, it set up, what set it apart was what made it special for our characters. In this case, Amanda got to go all Terminator and yeah. Jack, who is faced with a rough, a very tough call in dealing with the threat. What I found particularly interesting about this episode was that after many stories in which Jack's military stance conflicts with Daniel's peaceful civilian position, invariably resulting in the latter being proven in- mm-hmm. proven correct, 
the results are reversed here. Jack was right. Uh, he should have destroyed it when he had the chance rather than allow Daniel and Sam to attempt to communicate uh, with the entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk more about that. Yes, we um, will. Uh, when we get into this. Um, when I look at the title for this episode, the French call it Entity, the Italians call it Entity, the Spanish called it The Entity, the Czechs called it Entity, mm-hmm. the Hungarians call it Personality. Oh, interesting. And the Germans call it Die Falsche Wahl, or The Wrong Choice. <sighs> Come on! <laughs> Come on! Come on, there was a choice in the first third of the story, and the title is telling you it was the wrong... Oh, Germany, you're killing me here. You know, naming it the wrong choice Might was have been the wrong choice. The wrong choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh. Okay. So, shall we dig into the synopsis? Yeah, let's get into this. All right, here we go. Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. Are you nervous? Why would I be nervous? What is Teal'c feeling as the team sends a malp through the gate to P9C372? Honestly, we don't really know. It's hard reading a Jaffa. <laughs> but P9C372 is an address not found on the Abydos cartouche, but was in the ancient repository of gates downloaded by O'Neill several years ago, you know, when he had that thing downloaded into his head, yep. and he was doing some weird things with the computer. Yes, that did happen. We don't want you to forget that that happened because because it happened and it's important. It's important. The map on the other side begins scanning. No one recognizes the architecture. It's definitely alien. It doesn't even look ancient at this point in time. Suddenly, they lose control of the MALP, and it begins flying through the air. I didn't know MALPs could fly. Where's the memo on that? Why didn't Hmm. I get a memo on that? Then a surge of power crashes back through the gate, blowing up computers, smashing the main train, knocking sergeants and majors alike around. (laughs) O'Neill rushes into the gate room and manually kills the power, shutting off the gate. As Carter... And the SGC begin to assess and repair the damage. They notice unusual behaviors by the computer systems. There is something that is learning, scanning, watching the personnel on the base. Now, Hammond, being the general that he is, can't allow an alien entity, whatever kind of alien it is, to just live in the computers. Doesn't matter what its purpose is. They need to wipe all the computers and rebuild them from known clean backups. Hopefully, they won't lose too much data, but this is the only thing that they can do to solve the problem. But the entity in the computer computers is not willing to die so easily. Recognizing what's happening, it begins to build its own nest in the MALP room, surviving on power from the emergency lighting. Now, when Carter and Siler have finished their work, they reboot, reboot the system only to discover an anomaly in the MALP room. So SG-1 goes to check it out. Unfortunately, the door has been welded shut from the inside. Who could have done that? No one's been in there. On, uh, so they cut the torch, but they bring the torch and they cut through the door. And O'Neill and his team carefully enter the room. Don't touch the edges of that weld because it's going to be really hot. Right. Super hot. And they are stunned by the entity's craftsmanship. O'Neill wants to cut the power and destroy the thing outright. But Sam and Daniel want to communicate with the entity. 
So Sam walks up to the terminal and begins typing, but she is stunned by an electrical charge coursing into her through the keyboard. O'Neill cuts the cable and kills the power to the nest. They rush Sam to the infirmary, only it's not Sam anymore. Somehow the entity has downloaded itself into her brain. The entity has control of Carter's motor skills, but is unable to speak without a computerized text-to-voice box. The radio waves from the MALP caused great damage to the entity's home planet, and the entity was sent to the Earth to destroy them, and would have been successful if the process hadn't been interrupted by manually shutting everything down. Daniel tells the entity that its mission was a success. They won't send any more probes there. They're fine. Can we have Carter back? No. O'Neill takes a different tact. Leave Carter or we'll send hundreds, thousands of probes. We'll throw everything we have to destroy your world if you don't leave Carter immediately. No, no, don't do that. Yes, we will. Hammond concurs with the colonel. No, suddenly Entity Carter jumps out of the hospital bed and begins racing through the hallways. O'Neill and all the others follow. Sam stops and looks directly at the colonel. Raising her hands, electricity begins arcing into the walls and ceiling and everything. O'Neill raises his hat gun and fires once. Nothing happens. The entity's face is hardened with resolve. The electrical arts continue. O'Neill stares deeply at Sam, and you see the, the compassion and love and care that he has for her, and he fires a second time, and she collapses to the floor. Cut to a little while later. Apparently, Sam didn't die immediately from the second Zetplast. That said, she is effectively brain dead. Frazier reminds Jack that Sam's living will said no extraordinary ma- measures, but... Zach just wants, Jack want, just wants to mourn. Hammond plans to blow up the Malp nest. But when the computers in the base are finally rebooted, there's something going on. Every monitor everywhere seems to be screaming, I am here! I am here! I am here! It's the entity! It's back! Wait! The entity couldn't go back! It told us that! It must be Carter! Clearly, obviously, what else could it be? The Malp nest has an EEG that looks like Carter's brainwave pattern. So clearly it's Carter. All we have to do is is wheel her up to the machine and and like put some things on her fingers and and then somehow her electrical energy will will re-enter her body and it does and she wakes up and she's back to normal and everyone's happy to see her. The end. The end. <laughs> so Brent. Uh-huh. The entity. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Entity, or Entity. The, the, the wrong choice, the wrong as the choice. Germans would say. <laughs> what did you think? Well, um, judging from how you ended the synopsis, I think I liked it more than you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I very, 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 very much like this one. But the reason that I very, 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 very much like this one was because... I was rooting for the entity the entire time, the entire time. And I was very pleased to watch a story play out. And Jack was being Jack and Hammond was being Hammond and Teal'c was being Teal'c. And those characters and their decisions and their justifications all lined up exactly right. And I wouldn't have faulted them at all. And Carter was being Carter, and Jackson was being Jackson, and I was on their side of the argument. That uh, if I put myself inside the shoes of an entity that uh, a race of intelligent beings 
that see a gate activate and something that they don't know what it is comes through. And all they know is that it starts to destroy them. And within seconds, they're able to identify that it is literally killing them. They would fire back. If they had the ability to fire back, they would absolutely fire back. And so they did. And then this then becomes a story of a sentience, which is a weapon, who undoubtedly discovers that uh, that though they're, they're, uh, they're, that the human's intentions may or may not have been peaceable, at least they intended for it to be peaceable. We never really got into the entities. I'm kind of pivoting a little on this one. We never really got into the entities. Um, uh, we never gave it a chance to have a new frame of reference. The the quick opportunity opportunities of discussion that Jackson tries to bring, especially when the entity is inside Carter, is immediately countered by literal literal threats of genocide and if i were in that entity's shoes i would have behaved exactly the same way try to figure out how to flip and survive right now and mm -hmm. maybe get back home maybe i get it there's this one guy saying we'll we'll just you know like we'll send you back home and as soon as this one guy says those words this other guy says no we're not we're not going to do that we're going to destroy you so the 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 way that the story played itself out i thought was extraordinarily plausible and the there was a bit of a one liner i think that carter said something to the effect of how yeah i mean no she said it exactly it was and i was like i was right there with her how many times has sg1 been in that same situation where they are off world and something happens and they're pinned down and it's basically a misunderstanding basically but until everybody involved in the moment recognizes that it's a misunderstanding it's literally a fight for survival. And in those moments, it's very difficult to criticize a group for desperately fighting for its survival, even if it is trying to retreat to get out of there. Um, so I found that. So anyway, so the, so the, so the totality of the story, I was, I was all in. I was super into the story. Uh, and I was super into the acting um, and, you know, the totality of the visual experience, like the nest. I really liked the nest. I thought it was a little hilarious that they had those stupid static things, the discs, you know, in the background, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but whatever, right. It was visually, it was a visually appealing. And I was also sitting there like, wait a minute, this whole thing's running off of a battery. Like, you know, there was a couple of things where I'm like, yeah, let it go. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was, I enjoyed the story a lot. I enjoyed the acting a lot. I enjoyed the visual appeal of it. Um, Though it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go, um, there was a moment of altruism. At least it looks like there was a moment of altruism. I'm going to choose to believe that the alien entity in a moment of altruism gave Carter back in a last-ditch desperate effort to save its own species. Like... It was mm -hmm. it was operating extremely rationally. Like it wanted it wanted to protect its home. It, it 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 went into an action step which made perfect sense and was not an overreaction. It was a complete misunderstanding, no question about it. But every part about it lined up and it was trying to figure out how to complete what it needed to do because this alien species over here on Earth is an extreme threat to their existence. 
And in a last-ditch effort, it decides to negotiate with a person that declares genocide on its species and says, if the only chance I have to save my family and my friends is to give up this body, I'll do it. So it does it. And yeah, the, the episode does wrap up pretty flipping fast. Um, but I was there for it. I really mm-hmm. liked it. So what did you think? So all those things that you talk about, I, I like. Uh, I think this episode starts really well and, and strong. I, I, I like, you're right, the characters are themselves. Um, Peter DeLuise knows these characters well and can write their dialogue and they can be their characters in such a perfect way that, that they are all there in their own positions, uh, right where you, and so I don't feel that any of them act out of character or unusually. Mm-hmm. I do really like the line, um, after Carter has been attacked, where uh, it's it's uh, Daniel and and Jack, they're talking, and uh, and Daniel says, uh, "I understand that your first instinct is to protect, and that's good, that's right, and we need that, and uh, that, but that doesn't mean that that Sam and I says Saint Daniel were wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for wanting to communicate." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it didn't turn out well, but that doesn't mean that we were wrong for wanting to do that. They're both right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that a lot. And I could really chew on that. Um, you got that that uh, that mix that in the past we've had uh, O'Neill being O'Neill and we find out that O'Neill is wrong. And we've had other episodes where O'Neill is being O'Neill and we find out that he's right. Um, and here Malozzi suggests that this is another episode that proves that, that O'Neill in his position is actually right. I think that this is an episode that actually kind of shows uh, a both and that, yeah. that uh, they both can be right. And um, you're just going to have to live with that cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Um, where, where this episode loses me is... Um, the capacity for the technology that we have. Uh, I mean, Carter, or not, uh, uh, Frazier says outright, I have no idea how to do this. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. We don't have what it takes to do this. And yet they wheel her up to the machine. They put some monitors on her finger. And all of a sudden, bzzz, she's back to normal at the end. Mm-hmm. It, it just, that, that, that right there just ruins it for me. Uh, that that's the moment that it just I mean it it, it goes off the rails a little bit but it's sci-fi I can, but at that point in time it's like uh, you have delved into the realm of utter magic and well, I, I, we'll stick a pin in that because I do have a retcon I would like to offer but carry on okay but you know so it just it 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 really just pulls me out sure um also uh I don't think you know, like they they play the music at several points. That's the the love music. Yep. That 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 you know, it's like uh, O'Neill is just really uh, wrestling with all of this stuff, um, and certainly the fact that he he does have very strong feelings for Carter uh, are seen in there. Um, it, it gets you know, it in this situation, it just gets a little mushy for me. Um, sure. Uh, also the, the, they, they, they just hand wave the second blast of the Zat. 
Mm-hmm. They zap her. She falls down. And every, I mean, you know, they're fuzzy on the zats and how they work. I get that, and it's TV. But that second blast has always been pretty much an insta death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately the next scene we see are just guys walking out in stock footage in front of the gate or in front of the 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 entrance to the mountain, mm-hmm. just chilling. And you know, and that pulled me out. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, so you just have this this giant moment where where he shoots the love of his life if you want to call her that because the the music told us that that's what this is yep uh and he he sacrifices her and all of a sudden the next time we see her she's brain dead sure but she's alive and i mean i needed something there i needed something that had the doctors rushing in there to do whatever they could to try to keep her alive Mm -hmm. uh before we get to the scene of her just lying peacefully in the bed brain dead um and and without that it just it, it again it just took me out of the story completely sure. mm-hmm. um and then when you know she's uh if if we believe what happened um you know as, as the entity in Carter is zapping everything with electricity which looks cool but uh doesn't seem to fit with physics um uh it, it was was he uploading Carter's brain um, and did the Zat Blast help or you know what what did we get all of Carter uploaded mm-hmm. if that's the mm-hmm. upload um, you know is Carter's self uh, sufficiently self-replicating that that a little bit of Carter's self can become all of Carter um, if that's what happens um, and then again the the oh I'm here I'm here I'm like okay so so it's the entity or it's the Carter, but they're just, no, well, the entity said that it, it can't go back. So clearly the entity is, um, there. other than the entity's word, there is nothing in there that suggests that it has to be so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know that you can wipe out all but a tiny fraction of that and it'll grow. So why couldn't the entity have sent just a little bit of itself? Maybe it didn't get all of itself, but it could have gotten enough. Um and sort of this, they just walk into that, and I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, maybe it's Carter. It must be Carter. Uh, because what else? It's just, I'm here, I'm screaming. It takes me out of it. And there. Sure. And, and then, it, and then so, it stops. And then it ends. So the little bit of retcon that I was going to offer okay. um, was that... Uh, it had a lot to do with the with the ability. I was about to say capacity, which was a hilarious good pun because of all the electrical stuff we got going on. Um, ah, the capacity yes. of this electrical based life form to manipulate the materials in the computer network in the electrical grid of Earth technology. Um, yeah, we did see one zap blast hit Carter, and then we saw her shake it off as if it didn't hit her at all. So that second blast, when I watched it, it wasn't a second blast. It was a first blast. Now, I get it. The music swelled. She drops to the ground. I'm supposed to think she's dead. And I'm also a savvy television watcher. I did not believe for a second that Amanda Tapping was actually going to be done with the series, even though we were getting close to the end of the, of the, of the uh, episodes for this season. But um, Nor did I, by the right. way. Yeah. Of course. <clears throat> um, but... Uh, yeah, I was able to move right past that because of 
the complete ineffectualness of that first blast other than to make the entity mad or at least visually look like mad or determined like everything i think everything about what we saw in this episode uh from the entity can be described as uh an entity that knows and understands the totality of the situation and is acting in benevolence in defense of itself and its species. And when I say benevolence, that's a tough word for what we saw happening. This entity was actively trying to thwart the, the SGC at every turn of the wheel because it was trying to survive. When Teal'c said at the end, the entity has deceived us many times, I disagree. Yes, it has been using uh, subterfuge in an effort to do what it wants. But the thing that it's wanting to do is get out. <laughs> it's to get away. It's to survive. It's to like, yeah, Teal'c, you're right. This thing has fooled you a number of times. Yes. But when I take a look at the totality of the actions, it can be described. I think it can be perfectly described as what would a, a just a massively able uh, person be able to do when it found itself alone and against the wall in a hostile environment with nothing but the materials it's able to find around it. Like it's a remarkable story of resilience and survival and ingenuity when you look at it from that point of view. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it kept and it, and it, and it, and it fit the entire way through. And then you're right. There was magic that happened at the end. We wheel up Carter, we hook up a couple of diodes, and bloop, there she is. But maybe that entity was telling us and behaving in a very truthful manner since the beginning and decided to get Carter over there and sacrifice itself for its own and its, and its species survival. And the getting over there and back into Carter was like child's play to it. Like, yeah, I get it. But there it is a little bit of hand-waving that we have to do. dead at that point in time. The entity? Yeah. At the very but, end, when Carter no, but I'm transfers not saying, back to her body, she yeah. the, the entity is ostensibly dead. Yeah, and I can be um, dead. And, which and means I can, the entity doesn't have the capacity to assist in any type of transfer, transfer. But I'm so glad that I'm able to drive a car that was invented by a dead guy. Just because you're dead doesn't mean your machine is. Doesn't mean your 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 the thing that you set up to do blah 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 can no longer do blah 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 anymore. So the I'm willing to buy, I'm willing to drink the Kool-Aid of, yeah, this entity totally, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, I can get I can get the Amanda uh I can get the Sam Carter entity from this body through the electrical grid back over to the nest and have you all wheel up the body to the nest and plug in a couple of cathodes and bang, have her back in. This is a piece of cake. Not a problem for me. I can, I can believe that. And I'm willing to say it exactly like that, right? Like, you know, I, I'm not saying that everybody has to believe it like that. I'm just saying sure. for me, when I was watching the story, I'm like, yeah, sure. I can, I can buy that. Um, can somebody else go like, oh, no, no, no. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get, a reasonable person can disagree with me. No question. So, so you you give me a new perspective on that, and I can look at that, and I can see your point of view, and and I'm like, okay, um, I, I'm still dissatisfied by it. Sure, but but I I hear your 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 thoughts on that, and I'm like, okay, okay, I can I can get behind that a little bit better. Um, now, true to form for me, 
most of the pleasure that I get out of this episode has everything to do with the story. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about a spot in the story where you're like, what? And I'm like, no, it's fine. But we really are kind of hinging the I'm hanging my hat on the notion of I know they were trying to tell me the story of uh, uh, misunderstanding leading to the SGC having to be on the back foot and Jack being correct. They would have been fine if they had destroyed it at the start. And so would the other world. Well, actually, I'm not so sure about that. The other world probably wouldn't have been fine because they probably would have sent another probe to try and figure. Well, they out what probably the heck wouldn't wrong. have because at that know. point in time they had already decided that they were going to lock out the the. Okay, fine. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, and so yeah, Jack was right. And to your point, both are right. And I'll I'll push the Daniel Jackson observation just a little bit further about how Teal'c and O'Neill their first reaction is to protect, and that's right. And I agree. And. Jackson and Carter's first reaction is to communicate, and that doesn't make it wrong. And I agree. In fact, I also think it's right. And that Jackson and Carter are willing to lay their lives on the line for that idea is just as important and powerful and correct as O'Neill and Teal'c willing to lay their lives on the line for the protection of their of, of their own. It's uh, to me, it's exactly Absolutely. the same. Yeah. Yep. I that that I am hundred percent in agreement with you. Uh, this time, as I was watching it, and I heard that line from Jackson about that doesn't mean that we're wrong mm-hmm. or that you're wrong. It's that we're both right, even though they they kind of uh, are at an impasse on that. I mean, you you got to yeah. make a decision which way you're going to go, um, but and deal with the consequences because there's consequences both ways. I loved that, and I would, you know, th- that idea is actually just, I mean, it was something that, that it was valuable for people to hear 20 years ago, and it's especially valuable for people today to hear yes. as well, is that you can have diametrically opposed viewpoints, uh, positions of viewing something, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, that, that um, and, and it doesn't mean necessarily that one is right and the other one is wrong right uh it does mean that they come out from different angles they will do different things because of that mm-hmm. um and our job is to navigate that and find when is the time to follow a and when is the time to follow yep. b uh subsequently also to look at things and recognize when is it the wrong time to follow b even if this person is coming from that perspective Mm -hmm. um this episode doesn't answer that question it doesn't really wrestle with it but it's still there implied in in the 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 the, uh oh yeah uh, in the dialogue there Mm -hmm. uh and that is actually something that we desperately need to to add to our uh repertoire of uh dialogue as a as a country and as a people mm-hmm. uh now i'm talking specifically about the united states but uh it probably works with other countries as well we just mm-hmm. need it especially true right now here in the united states um yeah and we don't have um so there there are times when a less government approach is necessary and there are times when a more government approach is necessary and there are times when vice versa those things are especially not necessary despite mm-hmm. the angle and we need to figure out and have a dialogue and be able to to assess the situation and figure out which one is the appropriate way now mm-hmm. so this episode brings up those questions and i like that yeah yeah yeah, I, I um, and, you know, I'm right there with you because I also was, uh, you know, it, I'm echoing it, though I will take a bit of a different uh, a different, uh, different, approach with it. 
I personally really like the policy of uh, we will always uh, assume the best at each other um, first. And so in the, in the, in the moment of uh, Stargate SG-1 and a story like this and the Carter-Jackson approach versus the O'Neill-Teal'c approach, uh, I, I feel very satisfied with imagining that their policy on all of these matters is, uh, uh, hey, hey, other species, uh, if you're going to swing and hit us, you better take us out in the first sw- swing because you're not going to get a second. But you will always be able to get a first, right? Like, like we will always walk up to you and say, with a hand extended, say, hello, who are you and what are you about? And if you choose to take a swing at us, uh, you better take us out because you're not going to get a second one. Um, that to me embodies a lot of strength and confidence that, uh, that, that, yeah, it is possible that we may end up losing. Uh, and if you take a long enough view, it is inevitable that we will end up being lost, but, uh, will it be today? I don't know. Don't know. But, uh, well, if, if you're going to be malicious, you better do it right the first time because you're not going to be able to do it right the second time. The, the argument though, that, that Daniel actually, um, produces here is not um we'll give you a handout on the first time and then if you don't take us out we'll even watch out that's certainly uh jack's position mm-hmm. uh jack will would take that you know he he's going to be and we've seen this several times he walks into a situation with unknown people um you know daniel says he's always looking at it from the worst perspective and he practices at that that was actually an episode Cool. Yeah. From, uh, but but from that perspective, he's enough of a leader that he will walk into a situation and and give people the chance uh, to be peaceful and whatnot. And then if you don't take it on the first time, then he's going to whack you and whack you hard. Yeah. Daniel, on the other hand, is going uh, to give you a first chance, and he'll give you a second and probably even a third chance, um, which is where the rub comes between. Um, uh, Daniel and Jack in mm-hmm. in this philosophical difference. Uh, you talked about looking at the best in others. I think that what we see here is a tremendous example of Daniel and Jack looking at each other and seeing the best in them, even yeah. when they disagree. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a good skill to have, to be able to look at people in your tribe and say, okay, I disagree with you, but... Uh, you're still in my tribe, and we're, we're, we can come to a, a terms with that. Uh, the challenge comes when you see somebody as outside your tribe, mm-hmm. or even worse, which is what's happening in this country right now, when you see people who are in your tribe, and you look at them and says, I disagree with you, therefore you are outside my tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are both problems. Um, well, the question here becomes, uh, when we look at somebody outside the tribe, uh, do we give him a second chance? Uh, do we give him a third chance? Um, Jack is willing to say, no, you got one shot, and if you don't get it right the first time, I'm going to wail on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel's like, well, wait a second. Maybe the first shot was a mistake for all sides, and there needs it to be another time to sit down at the table. Uh, and that becomes a far more complicated conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but here again, that's all internal to our tribe looking at somebody outside of our tribe. Um, it becomes exponentially more complicated when you look at 
uh, how does the entity and and the SGC communicate because they're looking at each other as if they are not of the same tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel, this is one of the things that I like about Daniel, that I always am drawn to Daniel. Daniel always tries to see the person outside his tribe as part of his tribe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is where he and O'Neill rub against because O'Neill isn't willing to do that. Uh, O'Neill gives you one, maybe two shots, and that's it. And if you don't, you're just out of the tribe, and you never were in the tribe. And Daniel is always asking the question, wait a second, um, what if they were in the tribe? Mm-hmm. What can we do to make them part of the tribe? Uh, and that's that rub that I like about Daniel. Uh, you get some of that here. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. change the episode for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I totally respect it. Yeah, I... I'm willing to give it such high marks as I'm kind of talking about it because I don't know if they, I don't know if uh, Peter DeLuise intended for it to be just this subtle when he was writing it, but because there is so, I mean, I can't think of any action or piece of dialogue, description, et cetera, that the entity did that doesn't line up with the notion of uh, an appropriate response to what it saw as a threat, becoming trapped, and then just trying to survive. Like, and the 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 first shot, second shot analogy. Uh, the thing that I was enjoying about this episode was the frustration that they were still all in the middle of the first shot. This wasn't a second, third, fourth shot. Mm-mm-mm. This was still the first. And Jack, appropriately, is looking at this like you are a threat. You will remain a threat. Therefore, you cannot be here. And I was looking at it going, Jack, you're wrong. What you're looking at is a fight for survival right now in the midst of the first shot. We haven't even given the situation a chance for a second shot. And that was a that was a frustration that I was feeling, but it was good. It was a good tension. It was a, it was believable. It was frustrating because um, it, it was it was beautifully embodied in that scene with the entity inside Carter and Jackson trying to communicate, and O'Neill interrupting with an ultimatum and getting backed up by his general with that ultimatum. Like it was great. And it was frustrating because it's like, wait a minute, you were in the middle of a dialogue and then somebody decides to go, guess what? We're not talking anymore. All right. I have a gun and I'm going to put it on your forehead and I will pull the trigger unless you do what I say in the next five seconds. Like it escalated it that far that fast. And it was believable and it created attention and I enjoyed it and da 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 You know, I mean, I'll go on and on about how this, I thought that was great, but it was also super frustrating because it was like, Jack. Give him a second to answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> give him a minute to actually establish a kind of a dialogue. You, you, you've literally not given him anything other than here are your choices. We will eradicate you or you will do what I say. Like, hold on, buddy. Like, you didn't even give him a chance to go, oh, I now see how you all use this technology, which, by the way, we think you're idiot or whatever, you know, that, that's murder for us. But, you know, like you didn't even have a chance to develop like that. Blah, blah, blah. 40 minutes of television. They were trying to tell this other story. Um, but I'm sitting here just giddy as a schoolboy because my imagination was just kicked into high gear and I was given a just a juicy story to kind of chew on. 
And I saw it play out in an extraordinarily believable way, even including the wizardry at the end, because stuff about the way it was set up made me go, yeah, there was a technology that was just way beyond our ability to understand. So, of course, we don't understand how she got she was able to get hooked back in. The only caveat being somehow Frazier had to kind of realize, oh, we got to hook her up with our paddles. Which paddles do I choose? The big ones or the small ones? Like, you know, like <laughs> like that part. I, oh, I'm with you. Like, you know, that was a little bit of hand waving. But anyway. Yeah. I liked it. Well, um, you you give me a, a new appreciation for this episode. Um, and, you know, I, I, I enjoy your, yeah. your fandom on it. No, and I, yeah, um, and also the, like the, the pushback on it is also good too. Like, unfortunately, all that does is make me feel better about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <sighs> yep. All right. Well, um, I think I have said what I need to say about this yep, me episode, too. Uh, which brings us to our ratings. And so I ask you, dear Brent, yeah. how many chevrons are you going to give Entity? Obviously, I liked it. I liked it because of the story and nothing else about this episode pulled me away from it. Even the hand wavy stuff at the end, even the things that I was frustrated with. It was just gen- like they were realistic frustrations and they were plausible and they were they were they were noble. Like the things I was frustrated with, they were noble. Um, am I going to declare this perfect television? I don't think so. I'm not going to declare it perfect television um, in part because there was a little bit of hand waviness and there was some parts about it that was like not fully explained, et cetera. But you know what? This is a nice solid six out of seven. I really uh, had a good six. time with this one. OK, so what about you? What do you think? So I am. Meh on this episode. Sure. Uh, it's not an episode like Emancipation where I'm going to, uh, you know, bite my lip and just <laughs> force myself to watch it because it's just part of the thing. And when I watch the whole series, it's I got to watch it because it's part of the series. By definition. You know, so yes, it's not exactly. like that. You know, I, I will happily just hit the play button and let this episode go. And then when it's all finished, I'll move on to the next episode. Um, so I had a number in my head. Uh, you have given me a new perspective, uh, a different way of looking at it, which uh, certainly helps, mm-hmm. uh, allows me to see this in a different light and appreciate it a little bit more. So that's going to affect my my uh, ratings a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give this a solid middle of the road three and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! Um, we got some uh, I was probably leaning towards yeah. a three. And you decided to bump that up a little bit. And I'm like, does it bump it up to a four? And I'm like, mm, no, I can't go no. that high. No. <laughs> so I give it a three and a half. There you go. All right. Uh, all right. So now that you and I have decided what we are going to rate this episode, it is time to go to the interwebs yes. and look at See what, what others have said about this episode. Uh-huh. So we start here. We start with uh, Julie. Hi, Julie. Julie says, I have very mixed feelings about this episode. The first Mm -hmm. half is very good. The whole second half for me is kind of stupid. I think (laughs) Zach will give it three and a half and Brett will give it four. But an interesting discussion could push this higher. Yes. Wow. So the interesting discussion did push it higher. 
Yep. Uh, up two, a three and a half for me. Yes. <laughs> but I think you started <laughs> off higher than a four. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was definitely, I was, I was in six territory the entire time. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, we have Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. She says, I like this episode, although the mm-hmm. ending lets it down. I can't decide if it's because the story feels rushed and the writers were trying to wrap up the episode too quickly that it feels almost silly. Mm. However, huge kudos go to RDA and Amanda Tapping for the acting in this episode. Mm-hmm. That is quite true. I 100% agree with that. I'm looking forward to hearing what you both think of Entity, and I'm going to say Zach rates it a four and a half, and Brent Super a close. five. Yep, yep, yep. So the Jacqueline, the pattern is that, the pattern yep. is holding though, right? Yep, yep. yep. Uh, Ed Griffin. Hi, Ed. Ed says I grew up watching TNG, and yep. for some reason, this episode gave me TNG vibes. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably not wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just crazy. I think Zach will give it a five. I think that is a little bit crazy, Ed. I'm <laughs> not going to give this a five. And Brent will give it a three because oh, no. he had <laughs> gas that morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. He's probably going to give it a five, too. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's a five also, not a 5.2. Just to it's, clarify. Uh, oh, yeah. No, of course. I don't get parts. Where is kidding me? Um. But, except, uh, for, except for when you do. Oh, that, those were mistakes. Those were errors. Those were those were days where I had bad breakfasts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. TNG, yeah, uh, right. the child, right? That was the episode, the one where um, Deanna Troy gets a little. Well, uh, the child is the episode where she gets a child placed in her, and she goes through the the birthing process in a matter of days. Oh, that's instead right. Of months. That's right. That was the Virgin Mary um, story. Never mind. I'm thinking. Uh, what, what am I trying to think of? Yeah, there, oh, I don't know. There's a there's a dozen of these the, stories in TNG. There, there are certainly TNG episodes that kind of connect to this in various ways. Yeah. Justin says... Hi, Justin. Is Stargate SG-1 facing a radically new life form? Or did an, an ambitious writer paint the story into a corner? If anything, the acting <laughs> saved the episode from a textbook oh, no, case of... Saved. It doesn't work like that! <sighs> there are two huge discussions overlooked... Sam's not wrong for trying to make contact, and Carter has a living will. O'Neill's actions, born out of pain, make no attempt to Mm. honor Carter's exploratory spirit. He just kills everything because he's hurting. I kept getting a one-dimensional man-baby vibe from the writing, and RDA did his best to polish the turd. Huh. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Okay, so he says, you're going to give it a four, and I'll Uh, give it a four and a half. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm huh. not wrong for predicting the rating it this way because I'm typing it with one hand. <laughs> there oh. you go. <laughs> Interesting. Just using O'Neil. text to speech or speech to text. In oh, this I case. see. I got it. Um, uh, Jack O'Neill as a giant pouty man, baby. That's an interesting read. I, I got to think on that one for a little bit more. So, you know, I, I think that especially when they bring in the lovey music stuff, uh, I kind of get that vibe. Yeah, okay. That, that yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is not a situation to be all like, oh, wistful, oh, wist, you know, just like, and, and it certainly gives me some of those feelings. Uh, so that I, I would definitely uh, resonate with a little bit. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Boy, I kind of want to pivot into more conversation, but no, no. There's Ooh, so much yes. to say. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we can do that. Uh, Kimberly says. 
I can really... The storyline is weaker than in previous episodes, but the acting is strong. Zach will appreciate the tech continuity of radio waves being able to travel two ways through a wormhole. Didn't oh, even yeah, talk about yeah, that, but, you know, I no, appreciate that's that. That's true, yeah. Unlike one-way matter travel, yeah. uh, I predict Brent had toast for breakfast. <laughs> so... <laughs> Her predictions are three for me and uh-huh. three for you. Ah, uh, no. Kimberly, you were right on the mark for where I began. Yeah. Uh, Brent's enjoyment of this episode and the conversation did bump it up just a well, I mean, for I, me. I had a bagel with uh, some Jardiner cream cheese, so that was a good Ooh. breakfast. Yeah. You know, speaking of bagels, Julie yeah. made homemade bagels. <gasps> Uh, earlier this week, you and they, we had one each, and then we froze the rest, and yeah. they were really, yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. And uh, I can't wait to to pull them out and eat more bagels. I love bagels. Oh, they were good. She made everything bagels. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Best. Okay. So we do have some more predictions on mm-hmm. the emails. Yes. So if you don't go to the Facebooks, or if you don't like the Facebooks, or you don't have the Facebooks, you can still email us your yes. predictions. You can email us like Arnacht has. Hi, Arnacht. He says, Entity is okay. We get another foothold situation, good. which is fun, but the episode ends up just being okay. I would have liked to see more of the planet. The concept was cool, and it would have been fun to see our heroes wander around on the planet and perhaps discover how the heck the entity arose in the first place. I predict Zach will give it four chevrons, and Brent will give it five. Oh! Quite Uh, close! Quite close. Just a second here. Thank you very much, Arnacht. Thanks, Arnacht. Honestly, I don't know enough, Arnacht, about what you talk about in your spoilers. Um to know entirely for sure if you're accurate or not, but sure, we'll we'll say yes. Okay, I'm glad you had that conversation. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> it makes for great podcasting. <laughs> the whole world just eavesdropped on half of a conversation. We're like, uh, what? Are you? Okay, 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 well, okay. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Caleb says. Hi, Caleb. Entity is the second to worst episode of the season. (gasps) I felt like it had good episode material in the beginning. The gay dad dress from the repository knowledge of the ancients. The map shows interesting world. Then it fell flat on its face. No. Along with the creepy and annoying computer voice, it was terrible. But no. My predictions are twos. Oh my gosh. Wow. Nope. (laughs) I I didn't quite go that low, but... This is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have two more. Uh, yeah, okay. At least two. JD says... Hi, JD. The 1999 movie Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Sutherland, and one of uh, less-loved Baldwin brothers does a great <laughs> job of being integrated into the Stargate universe. Ooh. All joking aside, this is a good episode uh-huh. that only really suffers from having a movie that had come out a couple of years prior with very similar plot points. Mm-hmm. Stargate keeps bringing in different kinds of aliens to show they're not all humanoid. The yep. alien jumping around the base and is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. 
Evil Carter is fun, and the show builds suspense mm-hmm. well enough that you actually wonder if a main character may no longer be with us. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely... Yes. Yes. It, it, I, it could have killed Carter in a way that I'm like, they didn't kill Carter, and then they totally could have killed Carter. Yep. Okay. Overall, I can't get over the similarity to Virus, but I'm probably the mm-hmm. only fan of campy horror to the point where I doubt Zach and Brent have seen it. I have not So I'll it. give it a four, <laughs> but I bet the boys give it a six from Brent and a five from Zach. You got, you got mine. Woo! Yep. Yeah. And you you were too high for me. I don't like this episode that much. <laughs> Although I will say, I'll acknowledge that that uh, 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 this conversation did boost it a little bit. Yeah. So earlier when I said we had two, vote, two more readings to go, I was yeah. wrong because now we have two. Just so we're clear. Oh, we got David. The Chevron bias buffer cannot be removed. Cannot be removed. Well, of course not, because it's... it's, it's, it's We don't have the technology for that. We We don't have the technology. Entity. I feel like I've seen this before. Alien something takes over SG-1, message in a bottle, foothold. Uh, Someone gets their mind taken over and might die because the thing cannot be removed. The enemy within. The line of duty. The fifth race. Holiday, yeah, yeah. someone's mind has been uploaded and they might not be able to come yeah. back. Holiday, yeah. the gamekeeper, yeah. and that's just yeah. SG-1 episodes so far. Yeah. Okay. It was a well-done episode, he says. And they did manage to combine those three tropes into one story. Yes. There were some good character moments and funny bits with Jack. Yes. And then tapping does a good scary face. Sure does. On the other hand, it felt like an end-of-season filler episode that could have happened at any time. Yes. There was no real risk because they'd never kill off a main character. I want more at this point in a season. Looking at you, Crystal Skull. Come on, Crystal Skull was kind of a fun episode, David. Crystal Skull was so good. We left Grandpa behind, though. We still haven't. We yeah, still haven't. True. We still haven't gone back to Grandpa. That's true. He's and still waiting for us there. And we will. Just, he's just he's going to be stuck there for a very long time. Hello, hello. Brent. David predicts that you will give this episode four chevrons. He likes oh. Scary Carter, but it's just a filler. Zach will also give it four <laughs> chevrons as well because of I don't know unused potential. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I could I could see that. I, I could buy that. All right, good stuff. All right, here we go. Austin says... Hi, Austin. For the last episode, Prodigy... Blah, okay, I couldn't... Okay, for Entity. Here yes. we go. Yay, a Carter-centric episode! Yes. In this episode, the SGC realizes that maybe they should have spent more money on an IT staff instead of P90s, <laughs> as it seems Carter moonlights as their chief IT admin. <laughs> oh my goodness, our entire computer's facility is in- inextricably connected one to the next with absolutely no safeguards to prevent one system from being infecting infecting all the rest. Huh. That's right. Well, it is 2001. Maybe- Maybe they need some more people from NORAD upstairs to help, as it seems the only thing SGC personnel know are bombs. Yeah, that's a good point. There, there, they do try to solve it with claymores. That's true. Uh-huh. That is true. And, and eventually they do. They just do that after the episode ends. Hmm. Presumably. <laughs> Presumably. I watched this episode, says Austin, a while ago. And the one thing I remember is O'Neill threatening the computer virus and everyone lived happily ever after. Mm. So if it works, it works, I guess. 
Four out of seven for both because we're continuing our drought of great episodes. Ah, this is a good one. So that sounded very much like the penguin there, Brent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a little Meredith in there. Burgess Meredith. Okay, P.S. Yeah? He has a fun question. Okay. In the Stargate universe, do you think NORAD knows about the SGC below (gasps) them? Is everyone in the Cheyenne Mountain Complex, quote, in on it? Or do NORAD employees cry themselves to sleep every night trying to guess what the terrible noises and rumors are that they hear below their feet? No, I know, I know. I get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So so how many times has Carter said that she is doing, is it deep space research? Is that what what they call it? Deep Deep space space radar telemetry. Deep space radar telemetry. Yeah. So that's what NORAD thinks too, is that they're doing deep space radar telemetry. However, the thing that also really confuses them is that they hear explosions they hear klaxons they hear uh slammy doors and they hear this very strange like like liquidy like splashing thing noise like through the through the the highly isolated but yet still connected uh, ventilation system that they have in Cheyenne Mountain, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, such that 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 everybody who knows that the down there in decks twenty six through forty are doing deep space radar telemetry, they're sitting there like, why did they just blow something up? Does that does that make any sense? To, why would they blow up? Are they blowing up more of the mountain? Like, do they need, are they trying to get radar signals from the other side of the, what's going on down there? And then somebody goes, ladies and gentlemen, that is a classified research facility. Quit asking questions. And they're like, yes, sir. And they just keep going about their day. There you go. There you go. That's the answer. That's the answer. Uh, PPS says, Austin, shout oh. out to the real NORAD for keeping America safe. Woo Go yes. team. All yes. right. So thank you all for your predictions. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. It uh, is always wonderful to hear what your thoughts are. As a general rule, most of you thought that uh, we were a little bit middling and that we were not going to uh, disagree as much as we did. Totally we disagreed. On this episode. And this episode is great. Uh, and this episode is middling. Nope. It's great. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. So Brent. Uh, yes. We just finished watching an episode called Entity, where mm. a computer virus takes over the SGC and then one of the personnel in Carter and then nearly kills things and then dies, saving its world and our world in Carter. Yes. Uh, next week, without uh, anything else going on, we have an episode named Double Jeopardy. Double Jeopardy. And I ask you, yeah, <laughs> what is Double Jeopardy about? Oh, and I'm going to challenge you to find something that is not Alex Trebek related. Uh, that's exactly what I was. <sighs> okay, all right. Give me your best Alex Trebek. Well, no, 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 because that's that's exactly it. Is that I have like precisely two avenues that I can go down on this one. You either okay. got the game show or the legal concept. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, double, double jeopardy, double jeopardy, double. Okay, 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 here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 travel to the gate to find that... Wait a minute, no they don't. Don't you go anywhere, says General Hammond. I've got a big announcement to make. Suddenly, General Hammond does not talk like General Hammond anymore, but some other generic Texan. Um, so, General Hammond brings the team <laughs> together. Uh, folks, I've got, a, I've got a big announcement to make for you. Uh, we're going to be including a new member of the team. 
there's going to be another member to SG-1. I would like you to meet a premier anthro, no, a premier xenoarchaeologist, a very new field, a premier xenoarchaeologist named Dr. Uh, Dr. Joseph Adrana. And then he walks Dr. Joseph Adrana, and he walks on, and Daniel's a little threatened because archaeology's his jam. But Dr. Joseph Adrana feels like a good, like, all right, maybe, maybe this will work out. I don't know. There could be tension. Oh, but wait, says, says Hammond. I've got another very good announcement to make. It seems that uh, we've been gifted by uh, having a little bit of a family connection at, uh, in the SGC here. Uh, we're also going to welcome a uh, xenobiologist to the team. Uh, we got a, it happens to be Dr. Frazier's sister, uh, Dr. Joanne Frazier. They're going to come on in here. So we got these two new members. <laughs> we got these two new members here. And okay. General Hammond okay. goes, and he says, <laughs> so I, I think that this causes for a celebration. And O'Neill goes and says, a, cel- a party? And Hammond goes, yes. In fact, a double Joe party. <laughs> Join us next time on Stargate oh. SG One Double oh. Jeopardy. That one. That one took a bit of work. Took off like at least three weeks of my life. Oh, that one. That one. That one was a hard one to get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was both awful and oh, great at the same time. Uh, double jeopardy. Double okay. Jeopardy. I bet you it's not about uh, two new members of the SGC. I bet you that's probably not what we're going to be looking at. Well, that's entirely possible. Mm. So shall we <laughs> um, watch the promo for the this actual episode? thing? Yeah. Okay. I have to pull it up here. Yep. All right. Do 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 do. There's your Alex Rebeck. Okay. Okay. You good? I think I think we're ready to go. Okay. I am hitting go now. Next time on Stargate SG One, the SG team travels to a strange world. Hey, that's my line. Oh my goodness. Oh. Uh-oh. 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 Uh, buffering. Oh, you're buffering. Yeah, I'm buffering. <laughs> I don't know what's next. I remember, so I was a sophomore in college. Uh, it was 99-2000. And we uh, was living in an apartment with friends. And we had high-speed internet. And it was the first time, you know, so I had lived in the world before. And download a 300 megabyte file in three minutes because it was like corollary i was i was i was realizing that the the file was coming in as fast as it would take to play it um so brent yo yeah are you ready are you know my I story think i'm ready okay i think we're ready to start again you didn't want to hear grandpa brent and uh you know back when the internet was slow uh, i mean no it's, it's a good story no it's okay i'm sure it's a great story <laughs> i mean that, that was literally it i had nothing else to say okay all right here we go <laughs> Okay, are we ready? Let us see what Double Jeopardy is all about. Okay. I'm hitting go now. Uh-huh. Okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG team travels to a strange world. Again. Only to find out they've already been there. There is no oh. escape. Stand and identify yourselves. They need not have we met. 
They are warriors from a planet called Earth. Wait a minute. They are known as SG-1. Wait a minute, what? How dare you return here. Wait a second, what? Uh-oh. After <gasps> being captured, a request for help comes from an unusual source. Come try SG-1 is on its way. Thanks, George! What the hell do you think you're doing? Same thing Wait, you do. What? Oh, oh yeah, that! It's all next time on oh SG-1. Oh, this is gonna be so much fun! Oh my gosh, I can't, I mean, like, now, so, like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an adherent to my rule. I do not watch the episodes. Like, I, I, I watch them one a week. That's the rule. Yep, yep. I am super excited to watch this one. Oh, yeah. All nice. I can say is, come try ya! And David, thank you so much for taking my line and putting it in the actual uh, trailer. I super appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, David, been there for, for the promos. We appreciate them a lot. Oh. So Good there was stuff. a lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, and so I invite you to tell us what you think. Um, email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. Follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter. Go to Facebook. Uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, join us on Patreon. And if you get in there real quick, you will certainly get into that first month, this, this August months of uh, votes uh, right away. So uh, please consider that uh, if you feel so inclined. Yeah. Um, tell us what you think, all of that stuff. So it's good stuff. Um, I'm super, I, I've said this a number of times. I will say it again. The the people that are, that are writing in, especially around the predictions, like it's so interesting to hear what parts of the episode people like or dislike, et cetera, about it. Super great. Keep doing it. It's so much fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep it up. Uh, so until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See ya next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.